Hello and welcome to episode 147 of The Naked Tech. It's a show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all things anonymous. I'm your friend Jeff Kim. My name is Kelvin Lee, and please, 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 always back up to the backup to the backup. To the backup? To the backup. Back it right up to the backup. I've had a horrid week, thanks to Windows 10. It's only Monday, Kelvin. I know. Yeah, well, um, tell, tell us about your experience. Yeah, so you were in one of the chat groups that we were in with the boys. Uh, you were talking about Windows Update. And for the life of me, I didn't know why. But after I did a Windows Update, my entire boot records got corrupted. And I had to reinstall Windows 10. Um, and that's a bit of a nightmare. But in hindsight, it's probably good to reinstall Windows once in a while. I upgraded from 7 to 10. So that's been my same install for the last half a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably got so much crap in it uh, to the point where I think it just gave up. Um, so I had to reinstall everything. Yep. Hence why we're recording on a Monday and not a Sunday probably. Um, but I think it's worth it. So this is the PSA to everyone up there. Please just back stuff up. Um, keep a keep a like a restore point for your Windows 10 or your Apple MacBook or whatever it might be. Just do it. Don't so be lazy. That a, so do you recommend the, like an OS level backup? Like backup? backing the image up or is it the settings of the install that you had i think it's it's probably going to be asking for too much for a lot of people to do a clone of your drive i highly recommend it so you know even if you lose your computer and move to another computer it's an exact replica of everything i think bare minimum save all your files like you know for us the audio files for the podcast and then maybe do a settings like a windows restore point i think Mm -hmm. they only change like you know the, the they have enough information to rebuild the OS. Um, but the safest, sort of the one that gives me the fuzziest feels um, when I go to bed at night is to do a complete clone of your hard drive, especially when hard drives are so cheap now. Um, there's plenty of guides out there online to help you do all that stuff. So don't mm-hmm. be afraid. It's not too technical. It's a press of a button. Go to bed, wake up the next morning, and you have a full backup. And don't forget to create a backup to your backup. To your backup. <laughs> PSA done. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelvin. Um I mean, for me, what what happened for me was that there was an update, um, and I hadn't been on the PC for a while because uh, I'm doing all the recording on the my Mac, which is like here, and the Windows is just there. Um, and uh, it turned out that the mouse and the keyboard was just wasn't being picked up, but I could clearly tell that it, it lights up on boot. So I was like, "What's going on here? Something, something's up with the Windows 10 update." So yeah, when I just read up on it, it's like the first thing I saw was like, yep, go to your bio setup and there is some something called a legacy USB uh, controller thing and just uh, unchecked that and it worked. So if you guys are having the same issue, I, I haven't seen any other news of this people complaining about. So kind of weird that just randomly just us two had Windows 10 problems in the whole universe. <laughs> I, yeah, but I think it's a problem with Windows 10 in general, trying to accommodate old computers, new computers, legacy, BIOS things, things like that. These issues come up once in a while. Just if you have a backup, you shouldn't have an issue. Um, yeah. uh, and Windows has been pretty good. It's been rock solid for me personally so far. Um, and, you know, I, you know, these things happen. It's computers. Yep. Well, while on the subject of uh, Windows, let's, let's uh, lead that into Microsoft Build which we, th- we threatened to cover last week, <laughs> um, but we ran out of time. So uh, Microsoft Build is a, is a developer's conference for Microsoft. Um, again, this is a, one, of, one of these tech things that was done remotely. Um, so I won't cover 
too many details. The only cool thing that I found from this whole thing was a, a new framework, they're calling it, called Fluid Office Framework. Yes. Um, this is very interesting. Uh, apparently, they did uh, give us a little bit of a hint uh, last year about this. Um, but essentially, I'm going to have uh, a YouTube channel called Keep Productive, which is a great channel that I found recently. Um, he's going to try to explain what it is. Now, to make it simple to understand, Fluid is essentially a way to create collaborative tables, documents, and sheets that move between applications, whether you're using or chatting in Microsoft Teams or inside of an existing email thread. Now, in an interview with The Verge, head of Microsoft 365, Jared Spataro, actually describes this much better than I can, stating, imagine you could take those Lego pieces and put them in any place you wanted, in emails, in chat, in other applications. As people work on them, they will always be updated and contain the latest information. Yes, I don't know if, you, mm. if you're getting that, Kelvin, but this is a bit of a game changer, I feel like. I feel like it does it renew your passion for email. Passion for AR, because you can, you can work on spreadsheets from Outlook. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, what is an email now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's a, it's totally. a thing. Like what? What is an email versus a conversation in in Teams? Know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at these gifts right now, and they're trippy as man. Like to think that we've come to a age where our computer won't like blow itself up when we try to, you know, lift a Excel sheet onto a PowerPoint, which was a thing. Remember, like you could you could make updates to a table, and the the graph would automatically change to PowerPoint, but it would just mm. take forever because. I don't know yeah. Microsoft doing its things, but looking at this GIF and it's just obviously it's you know you, you might want to stop video. that. Uh, you might I think the Twitch uh, audience might be getting a bit dizzy there, but uh, yeah, <sighs> essentially to me this this is a a good thing um, uh, going, going in the right direction. I feel like so the the main thing for me is like they're killing the idea of a file. Mm. So interesting uh, your take on email because email is basically an electronic version of a real life thing called. The mailbox, right? So the email is a direct Crazy. translation <laughs> of what, what we used to do, like send letters and memos to each other, right? Um, and that hasn't changed for 30 years. The, the concept of email, uh, it's, it's, uh, you have an inbox, you have a personal inbox, you have a, obviously an inbox, you have a sent items box, um, you know, you've got your drafts, you've got your deleted items. That, that is literally like in real life having trays of, paper and just sorting those out um, that has stayed again with uh, documents and spreadsheets these are like sort of files that you have to it lives somewhere and you have to go there and change it however because of the you know the current age of collaboration and try, trying to um, you know keep a version control of a file that that you're working with uh, a bunch of people in your team is, is a bit of a nightmare so this is a Microsoft new take, and I think this is all in line with how they've been pushing towards Office 365 in the cloud. So you know, what is a what is a document? It's just some words. That why does it have to be in a like a docx file format? Um, why can't that be in an inbox? Like you're you're sharing that text around, right? Um, and they you know interestingly they called it like. Lego, which you know, sort of <laughs> bit of bit of an in joke there, but that that's a, it's yep. a quite quite a modular system uh, where you can pretty much plug and play 
bits of Microsoft bits. <laughs> And yeah, I think in real time. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full nerd here. And mm. um, one of the things we did a couple of years ago uh, when we were both working together was look at something called the content model. Um, when you look at a piece of content, whether it be an email or a PowerPoint or an Excel sheet, what is the core purpose of that piece of content? Um, if you break it down to its core essential, it's either words or numbers or charts or or, mm -hmm. or macros or formulas. Um, and people want to use this to communicate, whether it be through a website or an email message, and they only want that key piece of information. And because information changes so fast, mm -hmm. the moment you send a piece of you know communication out, it's outdated immediately. So this makes sure that there won't be any version controls issues, which is mm -hmm. amazing. And I'm starting to find Google Docs a little annoying. Um, it becomes unwieldy when you have 4,000 people, you know, generating 12,000 documents. There's no central location to pinpoint who did what and where and when. Mm -hmm. um, Google still hasn't solved that. I mean, the last, last workplace I worked with, we tried to use Confluence to manage all the different versions of all the Google Doc files. But that was insane because someone would just mm -hmm. go into Google Docs and search for something and they'll find an outdated document. Um, so I feel yeah. like this, you can keep one document, keep some sort of a, a change log on the document and... You know, it, it solves that issue. And I feel like because you use Microsoft Teams and I don't, um, this is going to be a big change for you, you think? Like all the reports you send out or all the data you look at daily, like is this going to be a huge game changer for you? Potentially, I think so. So my everyday workflow might involve uh, a team member sending me a, a spreadsheet on Teams via SharePoint, so it's all kind of interconnected somehow. Somehow it works. It, it feels a bit strange because you can open up that spreadsheet separately as a file as well if you wanted to, and you can still update in real time, uh, which seems like it, it's a weird concept, but I think this sort of brings it all together from a UI perspective. Um, again, you know, time, time will tell whether this will actually uh, make sense for most humans because I think this is a pretty pretty big uh, paradigm shift right yeah it's like it, it's a file like uh, i mean like i can't probably uh lost count of how many times today um someone emailed me a file <laughs> attached the file to it so hey can you have a look mm -hmm. at this and can you update it and then send it back to me as another <laughs> save it locally and then send it attach yeah. it again you know like that that seems like useless right now yeah this the other thing help with that I use case yeah the other thing I want to look at is uh, how we prepare for meetings, right? Like mm. when you walk into a meeting, like, don't forget about that thing I sent you. I think it was Google I th who, who was looking into, before you go into a meeting, it mines your email and your Google Docs. And it looks at the people who are attending the meeting and it lists all the documents and the conversations ah, in yeah. like this thing you could look at. So you can quickly just scan going, but you know, you said on Thursday that you agreed to this and blah, blah, here's the latest output, et cetera. Um, I feel like this is going to help tremendously in meetings. Um, you, you know, like everything's prepped for you. You can live edit data um, and you can watch things happen rather than do version control. There's an element of that for sure. But um, Outlook, you probably haven't used it for a while, but like there's some uh, AI smarts to it now. So um, you, you get a weekly report on who you've been like emailing a lot. Um, it'll tell you like, yeah, well, there's sort of the uh, reporting side of it, but also... Um, you know, you are likely to, like on a given day, you, 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 
they might tell you that this person might email you with something. Also, if if they've yeah, and if <laughs> they're on a, on a, in a meeting together, they'll tell you all the conversations you've had in the last you know a couple of weeks or something like that. So I think um, there's definitely going to be some AI element to all of this. So mm. uh, Microsoft has to get that right. Um, and they're I think at this stage they're probably mining a lot of data, checking out all the behaviors. So yep, yeah, they're definitely in the lead. Um, I know I read that. Um, the CEO of Slack is really quite scared of Microsoft Teams and all its uh, improvements in the last couple of years. Yeah. The, the, the other interesting thing is we all know that, and we spoke about this before, is you know now that the Edge browser from Microsoft is you know tied to the Chromium code base, they want to start doing more open source stuff. So they're hoping, I think, that this Fluid framework uh, is going to be open source and people will use it because... It needs more than just Microsoft tools, mm-hmm. um, and the, the the funny thing they mentioned here is Apple tried you know Open Dock a couple of years ago in the nineties yeah. that didn't work out. Um, so I think this I think people will start to realize that as they make less money on you know Office tools, they're going to mm-hmm. make more money on collaboration, which is a big thing because they're yeah. all working at home. So uh, and more I, another quick thing uh, before we move on from this one, um, recently you sent me a was it an Oz Bargains link? About mm-hmm. Notion? Yes. Yeah, so that was on Ozbargains, um, I think probably two weeks ago. Um, it's been a well-loved product. Uh, it didn't have a freemium model until just recently. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if you, for personal use, um, it's, 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 they've opened up the whole product set. Um, I've been sort of in and out of it the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like a lot of the Fluid framework is based on Notion. Um, I have tried to create a homepage, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's kind of like that. It's a bit, um, very modular in its design. You can create a, like a, a page, I suppose. So if you use the, the web interface as a analogy of how this works, um, you have to build the, 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 the recommend that they build a sitemap for your personal life. Um, oh, I'm, sta- I'm starting to, crazy. I mean, it's, it's not for SEO for, or anything like that. It's just to no, no, you know, no, keep, no. keep your, you know, pages organized. Right. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's one to check out. I, I don't know how much you've uh, dabbled into it so far, Kelvin. I haven't had a lot of time with everything that's happening at the moment, but, um, the concept of it definitely draws me in. It's just, um, my go-to tool for everything at the moment is simple notes. Um, you know, when I'm on when I'm on, under pressure to quickly take notes or anything, I just use simple notes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the things that I always I always get afraid with these things, and I got sucked into the whole Evernote thing a couple of years ago was I try to do too much when the tool is mm-hmm. too advanced. I tag it, I move it around, I try to add audio bytes and images when all I need is text. Um, so hopefully there's some in between and notion looks amazing and maybe we could move the show from what we use in Trello now onto notion and people can see everything like, you know, should you still be doing show notes or should it be a notion? Um, if anything, it'd be a great experiment for the podcast. I think if I had a, you know, small to medium sized company, um, like notion would be the internet basically. Um, it could, it could definitely replace uh, confluence, even like they got Jira, like Kanban features as well. Um, the UI is is a little bit clunky. I feel like um, there's there's a lot of tags you can use, a lot of emoticons, emojis, um, just just to highlight certain things because you know the kids love that, right? Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a go over the next uh, month or so and perhaps report back. Hey, move the podcast over, man. Let's use that. 
Mm, Trello still wins out for me. <laughs> okay, from Microsoft, we're going to go into space. Oh, yes. That was a big news event. Well, apart from all the other stuff, but um, we're, we're going to keep it light here on the Naked Tech. Um, oh, and this is possibly the, the biggest technology news of the year so far. Um, here is a clip of a launch. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed. Bottom dog. America has launched. America has launched and come back down very quickly. But uh, Bob and Doug, that's uh, Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley, who are NASA astronauts. Um, for the first time since 2011, uh, Americans have lifted off or launched from US soil um, and gone to the, as of last night, the International Space Station. Um, uh, first, yeah. first of all, let's let's talk about the obvious. Are you digging the new spacesuits? Like, what are we? What are we? What do you think, man? I don't know. I, I think the helmet's cool, but like, I don't know. Is, is it their body shapes actually? It just um, they just I, look kind of lame. It looks frumpy because I think we're so used to seeing a belt mm. or some separation between the top oh, part right. of the body and the bottom. So it kind of looks like they're compressed. They look like Lego men. Um, so yeah, they look super actually, tiny. They look tiny. Uh, they, they almost look photoshopped as well, which I'm sure will, you know, drive the conspiracy theorists mm -hmm. um, circle crazy. But I can't get over those boots. They're just like regular Wellington, Wellington boots, right? Like rain. <laughs> hey, dude, if it works, man. Um, the other thing I, I the, the other favorite image I saw was the console within, you know, what was in the Apollo missions, what was in 2002 and what was in these spacex rockets like mm -hmm. just like cars right from analog radio to a touchscreen to everything is touchscreen yeah and the uh, gloves are actually uh specially made so that they can actually interact with the touchscreens as well yeah that's important man <laughs> it is it's like uh, i think you know ski when you go snowboarding or skiing i think the gloves have um similar sort of thing technology uh, okay, a little bit about the mission. Uh, so it, it was a Falcon 9 rocket by SpaceX um, from the famed 39A launch pad side of the Apollo program uh, and SpaceX. And uh, they, they do partner with Boeing, apparently, I, I read as well. Um, now, this is a big step for, I guess, NASA and, I guess, sort of America right now. Um, I mean, like, when you think of Elon Musk and SpaceX, do you, do you think America, I guess? I mean, he's South African, but, like... It's not until recently where Elon has been so vocal against America or for America and like, I don't know, it just sort of hit me just recently. But um, yeah, he's uh, is he doing a good thing. Um, now, previously, they used to uh, go to Russia. So after the space shuttle program finished up in 2011, um, since then for nine years, they've been spending $80 million per seat to get into orbit. Um, mm. Now the Falcon Nine at the moment um, per launch, and there's you know two two crew members there, fifty million dollars per launch, so they're already saving money because of the SpaceX technology where the the main you know Falcon Nine rocket is reused because it lands after it separates from the the module. I've always wanted to know this, and I've never looked into it. How many times can you reuse it before? Because it's obviously putting a lot of stress on the structure of these rockets. Like, do you know how many times they can use it? I'm, I'm sure they have a number in mind, but uh, I guess mm. it's still quite new that we haven't really gotten there. And, um, you know, they're, 
they've gone further enough or far enough to say that um, you know they they can actually use people because I think it was one of mm-hmm. your predictions from two years ago that you know Elon yeah. would have actual people go up in this space. I remember listening to that episode. He uh, said that car that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, was that a real guy? Hmm. Um, now what else? Some other uh, oh actually SpaceX the Starship which is that big uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Titanium is it made of titanium. Um, the big Starship. They hope that it's gonna one day cost two million dollar per two million dollars per mission. So that's that's huge, right? Going from eighty million per seat to two million. Um, whereas a space shuttle, back in the day in twenty eleven, it used to cost four hundred and fifty million per launch. So this, wow. um, yeah. So NASA is going fully private. They're essentially ordering an Uber to get into space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at the whole mission profile right now. Uh, you can see on Twitch as well. It's pretty amazing. Like the fact that they can save the the um, thrusters uh, for it to re-enter and land. Um, I, I love it how on the No Agenda podcast they were talking about how this is anti-gravity technology that we stole from aliens and things like that, which I find hilarious. Uh, and you know what? Maybe there's an element of that. I think it's funny. And I think the video uh, cut out, didn't it? Just before it landed yes, on the pad. Yes. <laughs> you go crazy, tinfoil hat people wearing hat. Um, but yeah, amazing tech, you know, for it to be able to land itself and not blow up. Um, and um, Trump was happy too. So I guess we're all winning. Oh, as long as Trump is happy. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun old world. Um, interesting, you say that it is in, like pretty pretty good tech because I guess it is. You know, we're going into space and all. Um, however, we went to the moon over fifty years ago. I know. So what's I mean? I don't know. Is it? Is it it's it's, it's kind of bittersweet man. for me. It's kind of bittersweet. So like we're celebrating going. You know, taking men into space. Where I think the um, computing power of the whole Apollo mission was um, less than like if you do a Google search. I don't know if this is an actual myth, but like this is the you know often often quoted statistic that a, a single Google search uh, uses more computing power than the whole Apollo mission put together. <laughs> yeah, you know what the world. I mean, it was very much driven by the Cold War, right? Like who wanted to land on the moon first? So. Mm-hmm. The world's a different place. It's all about money. We got to get there cheap, um, and this is a starting point. So, mm. okay, I'm going to play. The other, yeah, go. can I go on? Uh, the other sad thing is, I guess Virgin's out of the competition, right? <laughs> With their money troubles at the moment. So, yeah. Well, at least SpaceX is doing something. It'd be interesting to see what um, uh, poor Amazon dude, Jeff Blue Bezos. <laughs> Bezos. <laughs> Because uh, he's he's up to something as well, so all these commercial flights is going to be a new thing. So that's that's a good segue for the next clip. So I, I have Lauren Grush, who has the most amazing name on the Verge. She's going to be talking about maybe a possible future. This launch could bring the dawn of space tourism that much closer. SpaceX has already promised to send tourists to orbit on its Crew Dragon next year. There's even a rumor that SpaceX will be sending Tom Cruise to the space station for a movie. All right, prediction time. He's going Gravity to two. jump. He's going to... No, it'd be Mission Impossible 11. Uh, his crew gets compromised again 
they get denounced by the what was the what what government agency that you work for again? The MI, the whatever. So the ISS is a uh, kind of like crashing into on into Earth, Earth's atmosphere. He's hanging outside in his spacesuit, in his SpaceX spacesuit. It's Tom Cruise, man, he doesn't need Tom a Cruise. spacesuit. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So this this brings up a question, and I've been having these debates uh, this week with some friends. What, like, if if the price comes down enough, mm. what 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 is that ceiling for you? Like, how much would you pay to go into space? Oh, like, what what is that limit? I mean, you got you got to have it. So, okay, you know, yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think. Like the most expensive flight you can get is about 25 grand, right? To 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 sit in that Singapore Airlines first class apartment. I say add a zero to that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Wait, I, what I kind think, of food I think, do you think I get? <laughs> well, I, I would I would easily spend a million. Like, of course, assuming that I have a million dollars. Um, I mean, I think that's that's it. Like, well, what else do you need to do after that, right? After going yeah, into space and uh, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're talking about uh, space tourism. Uh, it's going to start at probably a million or two for the first um, five years, but then say in twenty thirty, mm, and no corona issues as well. Mm, those two guys are <laughs> probably in the safest uh, place on. I was going to say on Earth, but not really on Earth right now. Yeah, who wants to be on Earth right now? Yeah, don't forget, like, don't please don't infect another planet. Please wash your hands. <laughs> I've seen those movies. Um, now, if we did record last night, Kelvin, I would have uh, done a thing. I would have probably played the live uh, NASA feed on YouTube because around 10 o'clock is when um, the two guys on, in the module docked with the ISS. But that was uh, 24 hours ago. <laughs> do you want to talk about the mission, though? They're, they're there mm-hmm. to replace... Uh, other astronauts who have been there for a while. Um, is it a standard stock replacement um, mission? Well, they're calling it the Demo 2 mission. So I don't, I don't know, like, apart from getting there and coming back, is there another part to the mission? There must be the usual restocking and change of personnel um, mm. of, you know, people who have been in the ISS. They're going to come back to a rude awakening. Um, <laughs> I would have optioned to stay in the ISS. I don't um, know if they announce how long they're going to actually be up there. I think they, they, I've heard like weeks. So, yeah, like in three or four weeks' time. Who knows what's going to happen to planet Earth? Uh, <laughs> so here's a, a fun little thing I saw on Reddit. Um, and this guy was saying, hey, I was watching you know, the launch. Why do I keep hearing this lady say, of course I still love you? So apparently that's the name of the drone ship that the first stage landed on. Uh, and the other one is called just read the instructions or something. So they name all these. I didn't realize this, but the ships that catch them are actually drones. Oh, is that, okay. Is that what it is? Um, and they're called funny things because Elon Musk is just, you know, he loves, you know, different TV shows and and all these like, you know, yeah, like a very uh, named his child. Exactly right. He's into the, you know, the, the pop culture. I mean, not the pop culture, like the really... How would you say it? Strange things you find on the internet. Um, so he's naming these things, all these weird things, so that when they say, you know, like the capsule is landing on, of course I love you. And the second one is landing on, just read the instructions. It's funny, right? I would have uh, done it. Well, let's get that clip next time, Kelvin. <laughs> if I'm yeah. still awake, um, sure. Mm. All right. So I've got one more clip. 
um, perhaps to close out the show for tonight. Uh, Scott Galloway, um, he's on the Pivot Podcast. I've featured him a couple of times. I, you know, I do like his thinking, although I don't agree with what he says all the time. Um, but I thought this was gold. So this is somewhat related to some of the troubles that are happening right now. Um, this is a potential business model for Twitter that may solve a lot of problems, Kelvin. Mm, and they Would need you like one, to hear it? Okay, then I'm going to play the clip. I'm going to play the clip again. Wouldn't the most effective legislation be to figure out a, a small way to tax every message that's sponsored a penny and force these guys to move to a subscription model, which would A, probably result in shareholder value creation and get rid of all the rage. Turn off the rage machine. I'm in. I'm all in. Subscription. Pay for Twitter. Explain that to me slowly. <laughs> so what, what, he's just, what he's saying is instead of a completely free ad-supported model, um, make it a subscription model just like Netflix. So you don't have a race to the bottom. Uh, what he's essentially saying is that um, because of their advertising model and just the nature of that, the algos will um, focus on the sh very shouty, rage-filled tweets, uh, which is not really doing us any favors right now. I love the analogy with Netflix. Hmm. You know, people used to laugh at Netflix going, hey, why can't you recommend shows to me that make sense? I'm like, you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Just because you watched a shitty rom-com, you don't want Netflix to do nothing but give you rom-coms. You want to be able to be exposed to different types of films and TV shows. Mm. My only issue with this is it'll, Twitter will get replaced immediately. The moment it has any sort of paywall um, by something else that will have that will be free. I mean, mm. it's just not the it's people expect the internet to be free, and I think that's a huge issue. Um, and when you think about how Instagram is still surviving right now because they yeah. stole so much stuff from Snapchat, people just steal stuff, man, on the internet. There is no copyright that really stands when it comes to features and everything like that. So I don't know if Twitter will survive if they put up a soft paywall. I think his argument is, though, like that they'll have to expect uh, growth to basically uh, stop. <laughs> uh, growth will cease and it'll... it'll, it'll User-wise, um, the numbers will go down by like, you know, percentage points, right? So um, imagine what they need per user, what what they uh, for for the ad model to work. Say they need like I don't know, hundred million users, but with a subscription model, maybe they only need like a fraction of that, five million. So it'll it'll still what what he's saying is uh, I think right at the end there is like the the sh the shareholders will still gravitate to that. Um, it may lead to, and I think there's a good chance it, it will lead to a cleaner Twitter, um, less shouty and ragey, just like you know the the Twitter that I like. I mean, I couldn't stand Twitter today. Oh my god! Mm. <laughs> and uh, and apparently t today uh, or the last couple of days have been the most uh, the saddest Twitter days of all time. There, there's some sort of um, metrics for that uh, based on keywords, I suppose. Um, so yeah, like uh, I, it's I it struck a nerve with me or chord with me, and um, I, th I think they sh they should do it. No, I, I agree that Twitter needs to do something uh, because it's un it's unfollowable. That's a word. <laughs> right, right uh, because, now it's just it's just out of control. It's a cesspool. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I just don't know how else to describe it. It's just crap goes in, crap crap comes out. Um, mm. Well, on that very very sad note. 
thank you for listening to episode 147. We hope you enjoy us talking about space and Microsoft and everything in between. If you want to hear more of this good stuff, please go to the website. That's nakedtechpodcast.com. You will find us on all the usual social media channels. If you're listening to us on iTunes, rate us. If you're listening to us anything else and you still want to let us know what you think, drop us a message, get a sticker, Kelva. Jeff out. That was... How many minutes? 33, according to Twitch. Uh-oh, 33. Oh. That's not a good sign. We're going to get demonetized. We planned that. We're going to get demonetized. We need a 3 by 3 A matrix? Did you know about the 3 by 3 I probably did. Explain it to me again. Uh, so it's part of this um, uh, mind control trick that the governments are using on us right now. Hey. So it's got to it's got to be three uh, three word phrases. Um, wash your hands. Oh. Um, um, stay away from blah. If you um, see something, say something. Damn it. <laughs> if you see something, damn it. No. Um, yeah, but we need we need that. We need some punchy. I don't know, what, what would it be for us? Like a like an outro or an intro uh, or just like 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 the show. Ah, I see. That's how you do mind control. Yeah. Five stars always. Always five stars. Subs- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, damn it. Um... Please subscribe now.